Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. We're going to pop on over to our Hammerhead hotline right now. And our good friend Tom Deanhart from GoldenBlack.com has spent the day at day two for Big Ten Media Days down there at Lucas Oil Stadium. And uh, we'll check in with him here and see what's been happening. Tom, always great to have you on, my friend. I know it's a lot like yesterday. You have the uh, all the coaches get up there and tell you how excited they are to be here and how excited they are for their team, and they think it's a really good team that they got this year. They do that whole mumbo-jumbo, and then you know there's the breakouts, and you get to do some talking and stuff. Uh, yesterday there was a lot of talk about, I, I know, NIL and things. What have been some of the common themes you heard asked of the coaches today? Well, you know, I think a lot of them are just kind of happy that, that this event is back. You know, last year it was, it was canceled. I mean, all the, uh, you know, the pandemic and whatnot, we all know what happened during the season, the truncated version of it. Purdue only played six games. So, yeah, the sense of normalcy was welcomed by the coaches. You know, talk about the transfer portal as well. That was a big, uh, you know, topic of conversation. Um, you mentioned NIL, and, you know, Ohio State is the hunted. I think it's what. I want to say four Big Ten championships in a row. Can anybody catch, you know, the uh, the Buckeyes? So uh, those have been some of the more interesting storylines uh, here in Indianapolis. What's it been like having that in uh, Lucas Oil Stadium? I mean, normally we're in a nice underground like bunker of a ballroom in Chicago, <laughs> and and here I, I like it the fact that we you know we play the championship game on that field. So uh, I, I kind of dig that they've set it up there. What's that experience been like for you personally? You think? I love it. I love the cavernous uh, setup. We're all here on the field as as, as I speak. Um, you know, the, the dais is uh, where the coaches spoke. The, the player podiums are set up out here. The tables for the media, they're set up. A uh, good environment. You know, they want to spread people out still as we deal with COVID here in Indianapolis. So, uh, not have it in the confines of a hotel. And, uh, you know, I was, I was speaking to somebody, Big Ten Network, before things got started today, and I don't know, Jared. There, there's some thought that after next year, uh, which will be the 50th Big Ten Media Day, which will take place in Chicago, there may be some sentiment to maybe making this thing, uh, you know, permanently here in, in Indy. So something to keep on everybody's radar here moving forward. Talk with Tom Deanhart for GoldenBlack.com on the Hammerhead Hotline down there at uh, Big Ten Media Days Day Two, where uh, where, where Purdue is at. Um, did you get a chance? Obviously, guys are at home here. David Bell, George Karloftis, and Jackson Anthrop. I mean, they're no stranger to that field. Uh, they're usually, or I mean, they've all made it a habit to be around there come uh, Thanksgiving weekend in their careers. So uh, what was it like talking to uh, those three guys today? Yeah, I talk about three good guys. What's kind of cool for, for listeners there is, as we all know, two of them, two of them are local kids, right? Yeah. You got a West Lafayette Red Devil and you got a Central Catholic Knight. So, uh, pretty cool. And of course, David Bell is here in his hometown of Indianapolis, the Warren Central product. So, kind of cool connections, uh, on, on those fronts and, you know, great people. Jeff Brom spoke today. Uh, I've talked a lot about George Carl Office. I don't know. He tweeted out a video this morning. I don't know if you saw it. George Carl Office did of himself. Squatting some unbelievable amount of weight about 5 a.m. saying he's been getting a little quick work at him for media day, and again that's sort of continual. Brom talked about today when he spoke to Carl Office, just that work ethic, Jared. Um, there's always been a real want to about the kid. Uh, football is very important to him. He wants to be good at, it and he devotes a lot of time to it. And it's been that way since the moment he stepped on campus, going to Jeff Brom and. And from a little bit I've seen over the years, I can certainly attest for that, that, that work ethic and passion that George possesses. So 
I think everybody's kind of cheering for him to have a good year after what happened to him last year with COVID and, and hurting himself. And yeah, you know, Jackson answered, Jerry. He's a, he's a Swiss Army knife for Purdue. And, uh, you know, Jeff Brown's kind of him being a leader. And David Bell, I tell you what, you're not going to meet a better person. And I think all the listeners who watched him play can understand and I know that ability that he has to make those tough clutch catches in mm-hmm. traffic. He's really something, man. He's really something, an exciting player to, to watch and a great weapon for this offense. Tom Deanhart on with us on the Hammerhead Hotline from Big Ten Media Days. A couple of things, and I talked to Dustin Schutte about this yesterday, uh, and I wonder maybe if there's been a better chance to get the stuff addressed. Uh, the first thing, Tom, yesterday was uh, I was disappointed in the lack of, you know, this, this conference does not have a very strong set, it seems like, of COVID protocols for this upcoming season. Uh, I've yet to hear, uh, you know, is it going to be just like last year? Will these teams have to forfeit a certain threshold? It doesn't seem like anything's in place yet, and uh, there was no announcement of anything like that yesterday. Uh, has, uh, I mean, I know I'm asking a dumb question. I can hear you giggling already. No. Has there been any? Has there been any good? Has, has there been any news on that further today? Have they come around and said, okay, we've got something coming? I don't know. Next week, what have you been hearing? I think the commissioner. He said that the, the, the COVID protocols are going to be uh, be set on a, on a campus-by-campus basis for now, and, and they're going to reconvene and gather information from all the 12 schools in early August, and they said they're going to try to then at that point come out with some type of a conference-wide COVID protocol. Um, so we'll see. You know, I think I think the overall, I guess, the thing most important thing is i got to believe the Big Ten in the end is going to have the same policy as what we've seen the SEC and, and the Big 12 announce that, hey, Jared, if you, if you can't get your team on the field on a Saturday, you're just going to have to forfeit the game. There's not going to be any effort made this year to reschedule games if your team is compromised because of COVID. So i got to imagine that, that that's the big takeaway I think everybody's waiting to hear. I think that's probably what's going to happen for the Big 10 as well, to follow suit with what the SEC and the Big 12 and these other power conferences are going to do. Now, I was told today uh, – uh, from a vaccination standpoint. Now, by the end of July, Purdue expects its football team to be close to 90% vaccinated, which I thought was great news. Good, yeah. From what we, from what we read about other, other conferences and, and some of the lower levels that they were talking about where sounds like the Big Ten, uh, a lot of these rosters are going to be close to being, you know, fully vaccinated. And again, in Purdue's case, 90% in late July. They may not get to 100, but Boy, uh, that's a pretty good threshold to be at. So that was, uh, I think, a bit of news I learned today. And and just from an injury standpoint, Jeff Brom said uh, it looks like they could be without another offensive lineman uh, projected. A projected backup, Sam Garvin, of course. He started last year at center for Purdue. was going to be a backup this year at that position to Gus Hartwig. He's got a back issue, Jared. And again, he he may be be out this year. So Purdue needs a number two center. Right now, the plan is to slide over Spencer Holstead from left guard to center, but they also are working out uh, Josh Kaltenberger, Jared Byzinski, and even Greg Long at center right now, too, I'm told. Have, have Has Jeff Brom considered possibly bringing in a few more priests, shamans, something to try <laughs> to work with his offensive line to heal this back issue? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about uh, a number of guys, right? Jornigan, I think Will Bramwell had a back issue as well. Uh, and even uh, more recently, Mark Stickford, too. So, you know, big guys have those cranky backs sometimes. I know. And, uh, 
football is a tough sport on those guys, throwing all that weight around. All right, let me ask you about something else, because I know you guys are very busy there, and, and maybe you've not seen it, but uh, pretty much according to Twitter, uh, Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC, which means we're getting Iowa State and Kansas. It's all done. To, <laughs> it's all been done. Uh, I, look, I, I've said it earlier, I really think they've jumped the shark on this. There's so many hurdles and stuff, but teams are starting to kind of cover just in case that this stuff does happen. So uh, what have you been hearing around the Big Ten? Are they preparing for anything? I know there's this uh, thing that what Kansas was going to be on a call with them and just kind of talk about things. Um, sure. Realignment, man. Uh, what, yeah, what are your thoughts? Fun. What are your thoughts and, and what have you uh, heard so far regarding the Big Ten and, and possibly adding teams? Yeah, a lot of speculation at this point. Uh, I'll be honest. Some people are wondering if the guy steering the Big Ten bus it's well connected enough in college circles to, 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 to you know, to, to maybe pull something off. But he's surrounded by good people, and uh, you know, again, um, the speculation, like you said, uh, has ran from adding places like Kansas, Central Florida, and and I was talking to someone today about maybe trying to make a move for for Pac-12 schools. Who knows? Uh, there's some vulnerable, you know, vulnerable schools out there. But it was explained to me that if the Big Ten added some West Coast schools, boy. That'd be a conference stretching from coast to coast, and I was also told this, that would be a conference that could have you know games starting in three different uh, you know time zones, uh, or actually four different throughout three different time zones: Ugh. the West, the Central, and the East. So that's oh. always a consideration too. So who knows? The Pac-12 people think it's just kind of vulnerable, and I you know to, to me that would make the most sense. You have 14 Big Ten teams now. If you could add, I don't know if you wanted to go to 20 teams, if you could add six teams, maybe there's four pack, maybe there's four pack 12 teams and you had Kansas and Central Florida or something, or maybe you had six pack 12 teams. I don't know, Jared, but all I can say is if you're a fan of all this conference realignment, you know, scuttlebutt, there's going to be plenty of speculation and conjecture going on here these next few weeks and months. I I thought the Twitter was getting crazy. You're talking like a 20 team Big Ten. I well, you, I think go big, go big, or go home, right? Well, but here's here's my thought is is what does adding these extra teams? I mean, like Kansas, yeah. I know gives you a little bit of value in here. Iowa State, eh. like it's not about cable TV subscribers anymore, right? I mean, it's. Everybody's got access to these games. It's not about getting into the, like so many households or anything like that anymore. I, I'm starting to wonder at this point if you add another four or five, you got to share that revenue. I, I think you're yeah. costing yourself money not only to acquire these teams, but then also when it comes to your revenue share here, I, I, I don't see as much of a value with it. You're perfectly fine being 14, um, but you know, like when teams like Oklahoma and Texas come calling, I get that. That's yep. that that's massive right there. But you know, adding adding a Cincinnati or adding a UCF or something, I, I just I, I don't know what it really does for you in the conference. To be honest with you, Tom, I, I, I don't know. But it's eat or be eaten, right? That's the mentality at this point. Well, yeah, and I think that there's now a sense of urgency with what the what's going on with the SEC with Oklahoma and Texas. You know, those are two huge assets. They apparently are going to be adding. And uh, that, that's when you start getting a little paranoid. You start looking around. And you go, gosh, we do something sort of what the Big Ten did last time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there were all those you know, school grabs in the Big Ten. I think they saw Syracuse and, and like, uh, Pitt, among others, going to the ACC. And that's when I think there's that move for Rutgers and Maryland. So 
I just think, you know, you, you have to be mindful and always be aware and always be looking and always be kicking tires now, especially with all this news that's breaking about, again, OU in Texas. If you're the Big Ten, SEC is your rival. You are Coke and you are Pepsi. You know, those are the one-two, uh, you know, conferences in America. And Big Ten's got to do what it can to keep pace with the SEC. And, and you're right, but if you're going to add somebody, it's got to be some schools that really add value. And, uh, again, they're not going to just add teams to add teams. And uh, that's why I think if you're the Big Ten, you got to go big. And, and big Kansas isn't big enough. Forget about Iowa State or anybody else in the yeah. Big 12. you got to go big. And the, the biggest, I think, you can get some of those Pac-12 schools like USC and UCLA and Oregon and Stanford, schools of that ilk to take you on to the West Coast. I think a move like that – uh, I would think would add would add value across the board for, for, for the Big Ten, buddy. I think if uh, SEC gets uh, Texas and Oklahoma, it's not Coke and Pepsi. That's Oreo and Hydrox, man. Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, you're that's right. the way that goes. And I'll tell you what, we complain about nine o'clock tip-offs in Big Ten basketball when you got to go play at like Minnesota and stuff on a Wednesday night. I don't want to think about like Purdue having to go out and play. Uh, Oregon or something like that on a night game. Forget that, man. That's I'm, I'm well, out think, on that. You know, if, if the league got that big, you know, for, for I, I got to imagine maybe there would be more of a pod set up, and, and, and teams from the East wouldn't be going west that often for, for for not just men's basketball, but for all the Olympic sports. Um, so yeah, they'd they have some logistical things like that to work out. But uh, hey, man, you know, like I said. Uh, uh, right now, Jared, what right? Purdue has some basketball games that start at 9 p.m. Eastern time, right? And yes. and they're on the road. They got to get back on a plane. They get back to campus at what, three or four in the morning, as it is. So it's not like some of the scheduling doesn't inconvenience the, the student athletes right now. Well, we'll see what happens with it. Uh, Tom Deanhart down at Big Ten Media Day, buddy. I know it's uh, very frantic down there, and you're very busy. So I really do appreciate. Uh, you taking out a, a little bit of time here to talk to us, the listeners, and to get us the latest from down there, buddy. Uh, be safe on your drive home. Uh, go enjoy some St. Elmo's or something before you get on up here, all right? I appreciate it, buddy. Be good, Jared. Take care.